nation It's a kind of a family Wherever I roam, up and way home That's where I long to be I'm a member of a Red Sox nation It's a kind of insanity Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity I fake a smile November Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering the Red Sox-Yankees ALDS. We are here tonight for some post-game reaction coverage, whatever you want to call it. For everyone staying up late with us on Periscope, this uh, episode will still be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, Player FM, and just about every app you could think of. Red Sox just wrapped up Game 1 against the New York Yankees with a narrow 5-4 uh, to four win. I'm Terry Cushman. I, I am joined tonight by Jeremy Schilling and John LeClaire. How are you, gentlemen? Good, thank you. Good, good. Good, good. So, speaking of good, I mean, first time in a long time we've been up one to nothing in the ALDS. Yeah, it's uh, nice to have that monkey off our back, uh, especially with the way the last two have gone. Uh, Stale seems to have got past his demons. Um, I have, uh, I'll save some more narrow thoughts for a little bit later because I have some problems with the way this game was played. Um, but yeah, it's nice to go in, especially the prices start with up, up a game. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you need to be with David price starting, uh, given his record and we'll get into that in depth. Uh, John, why don't we start with you? What, what were your expectations of Chris sale and, uh, what did you think of his performance? Um, my expectations were pretty much what he gave us. You know, I was expecting, five, maybe six innings of hopefully three runs or less. Um, so obviously he gave us he gave us a little more than five, gave up two runs. Um, he looked really, he looked good. He looked good in the first um, five innings. Um, once he got into that sixth, I thought it looked like he was forcing it a little bit. You know, he was around 90 pitches. Um, I don't know if he looked, if he was getting tired. You know, I think that's a possibility. Um, I'm kind of concerned going forward with them just because you know, it's five innings all we're sort of going to get out of Chris Sale. And, you know, it makes me wonder if he's not going to be available on short rest. Um, you know, it just makes me kind of wonder about the future going forward in the playoffs with him. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't quite efficient. It was kind of like the strikeouts were there, but uh, and the, he wasn't getting hit too hard. But you could see that he was mislocating, and, uh, you know, I think he was – 24 pitches after the first inning and um, luckily did have a, a one, two, three fifth. And then the sixth inning came, I think he only recorded one out, but considering there was so much speculation and, 
nobody knew what his velocity was going to be, and it turned out he was throwing mid-90s for most of the game, and I think it did sort of uh, tail off, but I'm content with what he did at least tonight. And uh, what were your thoughts on, on his performance, Jeremy? I mean, I'm content because they won. I thought that we needed seven from him. And the way the bullpen performed tonight validated that thought. In my mind, I knew after the first inning, well, first of all, the first pitch, 95 on the block, on the black, um, you know, I took a deep breath. I said, okay, he's going he's gonna to give us a chance here. But he took 24 pitches or whatever it was to get out of the first inning. In my mind, I keeled back the expectation to six innings. Um, I thought he was okay. Um, I, I I knew there were going to be some issues with the fact that they hadn't played a game in four days, uh, that, that he hadn't really pitched a meaningful game in a long time. His last three or four starts were really, you know, for lack of – I mean, they were they, they were spring training in the regular season. They were trying to get him up to a pitch count. The results didn't matter. You know, and now all of a sudden he's in a game where we've had this history of not performing well and everything was on him, and I give him a ton of credit for going out there with not his best stuff and giving us a chance to win. Um, you know, and again, for at least with Sale, he got over the playoff hump today in my mind. Uh, but, no, I expected seven, and I don't think he quite got there, and like you alluded to, Terry, I think part of that was he wasn't as sharp as he could have been in the first. Felt like he was a pitch away there for about 10 or 11 pitches, and he it, you know, he gets out of that with 15 pitches, and then you see him in the seventh, or maybe some of those pitches were a little less taxing, so he's, he finishes the sixth, and that helps the bullpen because the bullpen stinks out loud. Yeah, and um, just to wrap up our thoughts on sale, uh, John made a good point. You know, we're – a lot of us are going to be curious to see how he rebounds from this start. And when he went on the DL for the second time, they said it wasn't it wasn't how he performed or felt during the actual start. It was the day or two after where he just didn't snap back. So I will be, you know, looking for some signs that, you know, he is feeling 100% and will be ready for a game five should we get there. And I think there's a reasonable chance we will uh, get there. So, um, Well, he's, he said after, what was it, the Orioles start, that he would have pitched and would have prevented the DL trip if he was, if it was a playoff game. So I, I, I have very little doubt that he'll make the start, and I think he should get stronger. I mean, he has been pitching. Um, and I think maybe you're making a difference between this. Again, this is the first like real important start, but he has been pitching. He has been pitching every five days. I think this was his sixth consecutive start. So he has had to rebound from lesser pitch counts, yes, but he has that. With this being his sixth start, he's come back. He's thrown his bullpens in the middle. If he's rehabbing or if he's just treating it as a regular start, he's been doing that for the better part of a month. I don't have that concern. I actually look at it as now that he went out there and threw some real live bullets, I'm excited for his next start. I mean, if this is the baseline and he's capable of maybe another 10 or 15, 20 pitches um, and even be maybe a little bit sharper, 
uh, have some more velocity towards the end of the start. I'm really excited for his next start. I, 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 you know, as long as we don't kind of fall apart here in two through four, I think he gives us a great chance to win the series. Well, I, I hope you're right, and uh, you know, I didn't see anything tonight that would discourage me from it, and I, I think he's more likely to get sharper if he's healthy, and um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, a, the bulk of the offense tonight came from J.D. Martinez with that three-run shot, which kind of helped us all kind of take a deep breath and kind of get settled into this game. And especially where it was off a pitcher that typically we have our struggles with. And um, I just feel like I'm just I just feel better and better about bringing him in here. And it's like everybody's saying, you know, we're missing Big Poppy. We're missing Big Poppy. And we haven't been the same since he left. Like this is about as close as you can get, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, we're not getting it from Mookie. I mean, this is the eighth game. He did hit a double off the wall tonight, which was a key hit, but that bottom part of the order just isn't isn't getting on base in front of him. I mean, I don't, I don't recall Nunez or Kinsler getting on tonight, and and. Leon still the same. He had a nice sacrifice bunt, I guess, which I think did end up uh, turning into a run eventually. But I just yeah. I mean, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have Mookie there, you really need JD to to step up like he did tonight. Is what I was getting at. Yeah, I um, I, I look. I have some concerns that they scored at the front of the game and then almost gave you nothing on the back of the end of the game, especially as the game tightened up and the Yankees continued to pile on a run here or run there. I kept waiting for the Red Sox to answer and they never did. And that's concerning. I think part of that is one, obviously the strength of this Yankees team is their bullpen Two, there's a layoff. And just like I mentioned with sale, you, I, I actually didn't expect them to start quickly because of the layoff, but uh, they were coming out. They were attacking Hap. Um, he, Hap hurt himself by not throwing strikes there. Falling behind on J.D. And, you know, Terry, last time we spoke, I said J.D.'s not going to see any 2-0 fastballs. Well, the caveat is if if you got guys on base and there's nowhere to put them, then you have no choice. And that and that was kind of the game, for the, at least offensively. Um, you know, again, like you said, uh, Leon stinks. I mean, he is just – he stinks. And – it's a little heavy-handed because he played an awesome game defensively. The bullpen was doing everything they could to try to throw pass balls, and he was—I mean, he had one where he literally stood up to block a pitch in the dirt, and I was really impressed by him defensively. But he gives you nothing offensively. Bradley, based on balls, fine. Uh, Nunez 0 for four. Kinsler had the one hit. Just you know, we 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 talked. I think the community, the Red Sox community, is talking about the bottom half of this lineup, and it. Everything that we were worried about kind of happened today with the bullpen, with the back end of the lineup. And if you don't score runs in three, four, five innings in these games, um, you know, especially with the way the bullpen's going to perform, you're not going to win any more of them. Yeah. And, you know, the offense seemed to stop once Hap came out of the game. I mean, that was really the turning point. And um, their bullpen is very, very good. And, and uh, Britain. 
pitched solid tonight, and you know he's been up and down, but um, yeah, it, it was just a good thing we we kind of got to to have. Um, John, any uh, thoughts on Martinez? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought JD, I thought he looked really great. Um, I really thought he was going to get that uh that other three run bomb. I thought it was going to go out. I think on a warmer night, you know, during the summer, I think that definitely would have gone out. Um, sucks it wasn't at Yankee Stadium because, like the uh, commentator said, there would probably be a few rows up. Um, but I also I just I did want to say um, with the lineup, I did like that they were kind of willing to play a little bit of small ball. Um, I am kind of curious how they use that going forward in the playoffs if they continue like playing some small ball, moving runners over. I'm kind of curious how they keep going with that. Well, they, they're going to have to do something, especially with that, you know, bottom half of the order. But um, you know, Speaking it, of the lineup, uh, Terry, you had mentioned some concern about the Pierce-Moreland platoon in the three spot. Um, I thought Pierce was really good early. Um, obviously, he had the base hit in the RBI, but he also had the walk uh, behind the Benintendi base hit and stolen base, which actually led to J.D. not having a – um, the Yankees not having a spot to put JD and having a pitch to him, um, so I thought Pierce had a sneaky important role in today's game, and then you put in Moreland defensively and they win a one-run game. So I thought for at least tonight too, um, and I know you have some concerns there, but at least for tonight, I thought the way Corey used the Pierce Moreland platoon was was really well done. Pierce with the big hit. No problems defensively, and they went and like I said, they went a one on game as a result. Yeah, it, I think it it works better with Pierce more so than Moreland. Moreland was last I checked, he was hitting like one seventy seven in the second half, and just not really offering up much offensively. And Pierce has been notoriously a Yankee killer and hits lefties very well, which is why he got the start against Hap. So. Um, it's not as terrible. Well, Orland's going to be in there tomorrow against uh, uh, Tanaka. Yeah, and he probably will be. Um, I don't know what Pierce's splits are against righties, but um, it worked out tonight. I, I have just a bigger problem with it over the course of of a long season, and I don't. I highly doubt we're going to. I'd be surprised if we win triple-digit games next year. So I would like to see a more conventional, you know, two, three, four, five going forward. But um, in this series, it's it's fine, I guess. Um, uh, John, what was your biggest problem with uh, Cora's management of the bullpen? Um. Well. I think it's a bad sign when you have to bring in Rick Forstow, who's supposed to be the number three guy. I think it's a red flag when you know you have to bring in that guy to pitch the eighth. Um, it really kind of shows how bad this bullpen really is. Um, and then, I mean, I had a big concern whenever they when they brought in Kimbrell in the uh, in the eighth. You know, he's, he's always been rocky when he pitches more than one inning and when it's not a save situation. So that one kind of worried me. Um, ended up, you know, he ended up giving the home run to Judge, which ended up not being a big deal. But I was like, oh, boy, here we go. But um, I thought he should have let Porcello finish the inning. Um, that hit he kind of gave up. It, it seemed like Porcello, he was pitching well. 
So it seemed like kind of one of those fluke hits that just kind of happened, and, uh, and, you know, the hitter just got him. But, you know, I, I think he should have finished the inning. I would have liked to see him finish the inning, but um, that was probably the biggest problem that I had. And um, I don't know if you guys seen this, but apparently um, Stephen Wright might be out for the rest of this uh, series, or, or supposedly he's getting an MRI on his knee. Oh, well, I'm not shocked because his knee surgery came out of nowhere. I mean, he was starting on like a Tuesday, and then by the time Friday rolls around, he needs surgery. And um, similar, the start of this season, remember he had those two or three really great starts, and then suddenly he got knocked around in his last one and then immediately to the DL, so... Um, no shock there, but it is a bit of a loss. It's, I mean, who do you have for long relief? If, if Avoldi's starting, all you really have now is, is Erod. So, and we don't know, we haven't really seen him in a long relief role. So who knows how well that's going to even translate, you know, with him, but, uh, Jeremy, getting uh, back to the bullpen though, what what was your what was an issue or two that uh, you were uncomfortable with? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to piggyback off John's comments because I thought he said some things I agree with. Um, Porcello in the eighth is not Cora's fault. That's Dombrowski's fault. The bullpen stinks because it was built poorly and by a guy who has a historical performance of not being able to build a good bullpen. So I, I don't put the fact that Cora had to put Porcello in the eighth uh, on anybody but Dombrowski. It kind of actually makes me hate Dombrowski more, which I thought was impossible. Agreed. Uh, um, Porcello was the first guy throwing the ball with any level of confidence. I don't necessarily look at the results. It's the body language. It's the pace with which these guys throw, you know, get the ball, get on the rubber, get the sign, throw the ball. Are they shaking off signs or are they just, they're confident in the battery mate where they're going to get the pitch and go. Marcel, it was like watching all of a sudden, it was like watching a different game. And he missed away with a couple of slider curveballs. And it you'd like, okay, now he's down 2-1. All right, great. Now here's where he starts to second guess it. Wrong, fastball up, strike, fastball, you know. So he just, it was like a different thing. I'm sorry, but it sends the wrong, this is where I do think it's Cora's issue. Um, and I, I, I'll admit that I'm restating a little bit what John said. Torres had a tapper to third. And you're going to pull him? Give me a fucking break. Show some goddamn confidence in a guy who's who was a Cy Young a year ago. He's willing to go out there in the eighth in a completely different role. And he's, he's pretty much dominating the guys and he gives up a tapper and you're going to take him out and go and like Cora come on dude he, he was your first guy that was thrown with some chutzpah who wanted the moment who wasn't going to back down and you get a tapper to Glor- uh, Gliber Torres and now now you got to go to Kimbrell who you know he's not he has no track record all year of getting four outs I, I, I just I yeah. hate that. I hate that. You finally have a guy who's willing to to show some balls, and you you just cat you just you just pull the rug right out from underneath them. Um, I think a lot of though the bullpen generally was, and this is where I thought Sale was going to go seven. I think Cora thought Sale was going to go seven, and when he couldn't get out of the six, all of a sudden everything backed up an inning, and now it's 
Brazier in the sixth instead of the seventh, and now they don't have that spot in the eighth because obviously they weren't willing to throw anybody else. So, um, and I mean, Erod doesn't throw strikes, so you can't, you know, the the the, the most important factor with a a reliever in, in terms of trust in the moment is, is this particular individual going to throw strikes and you don't have that knee rod and that's why you didn't see him. That's why I saw Porcello. And frankly, from what I saw from Rick, I thought to me, that was the most encouraging part of today. Like, I think we might've found ourselves a guy to throw some big pitches in some leverage situations. Right. Uh, my, my discomfort started right away with Brazier. Um, I've been harping for the last few weeks he is not good with inherited runners. They, It seems like they score all the time. You would expect his ERA to be like well over four, but it was like, I think it ended at like 231, and that jumped from like 177 you know, to 231 in a matter of a game. But when he does have a clean well, inning, he's phenomenal. And I just thought that Cora wasted him. And some people were tweeting at me, like, who was the best option? And admittedly, there there's no great option. But he he has proven time after time that he's, he can't handle it anyway. So maybe I do take a chance with Workman coming in with an inherited runner or Barnes, who was really good uh, in, in a spot like that earlier in the in the season but after that I mean we basically wasted Brazier and then um and then Workman did have to come in anyway and I think put at least one more base runner on to load them and it it just got really dicey and uh luckily he got out of the jam and then Matt Barnes was really really grinding and so many of his balls were were landing in the dirt well before home plate and Sandy Leone, like you said, made some amazing stops. And I think that's when Rick Porcello was warming up. And I just thought I couldn't wait for Barnes to get out of there. And I just felt like we were fortunate that there weren't more runs given up. And, and then finally Porcello comes into the game, like you said, and I was a little surprised it was Porcello because the talk coming into today was that it would be Evaldi because he's the game four starter. And, you know, he could, he, he would have had plenty of rest after even pitching an inning or two. So I was kind of curious as to why they went to Porcello and, um, like you said, Jeremy, he came in, pitched very well, and then hit a hit a dribbler to uh, Torres or Andujar, wasn't it, or was it Torres? And you know, and then that he got the quick hook. So I don't understand that either, because I was thinking at the time, and I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was thinking when he came in, I'm like, I would be totally cool if he just was like Charlie Morton here and just closed out the last two innings and and um but I knew Kimbrell would come in at in the ninth at the very least and I was really nervous when he came in with one out to go in the eighth much like John said because he's typically not very good uh coming in with uh extra outs and but it, it worked out I mean Kimbrell I mean I wouldn't say he was perfect but it, it worked. Well, the home run the home run judge hit was you know there's like five guys in Major League Baseball that 
hit that pitch opposite field home run at Fenway. And like John said, um, JD hit a ball to right center. That's a home run on a lot of different nights at a lot of different ballparks. So that just, I think, is, it shows you how freakish that home home run was. Uh, by the way, again, kills a guy who took the uh, the run total negative one and a half today. Just brutal <laughs> beat. But anyway, so getting back to Brazier, um, look, Terry, you and I have had some conversations re- uh, recently about the difference between 162 and playoffs. I have no use for a guy who historically has troubles with inherited runners. It's a playoff game. Just go get the fucking outs. You, you had a five-run lead. No no one said you had to go strike out three guys with the bases loaded. Just get outs. It could be sack flies. It's five to one. Fine. Throw strikes. Like, it's not a difficult concept. You, you, again, getting back to what's the mo- the, the best um, – the the best skill for a reliever, throw the ball over the plate. You know, not just avoid the middle. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's it, inherited runners when you're up five nothing and there's a man on first and second is a lot different than when it's the eighth inning. The bases are chucked and there's zero outs and you're gonna need a strikeout and then you're gonna either need another striker or a double play. Totally different situation. Just like and Terry, this isn't an indictment on you. It's an indictment on Brazier. It's an indictment on how. They can't just put a guy in and expect to, to succeed. Basically what Porcello did. Out of character situation, put him in, throws with confidence, does his job. Brazier comes in, can't throw strikes, drives me absolutely nuts. I was driving home, wanted to pull my uh, car into a ditch because I was sick of how bad. And it wasn't like they were missing and they were nibbling. No, bad misses, like you said, Barnes. Fastballs, I, I think he bounced one in the grass. Don't know if I've seen that in the major leagues in a long time. So... It's just a situation where um, these guys, the moment was too big. The guy that surprised me the most, as far as in a negative sense, is Workman because, and the TBS broadcasts, or at least I think I was still in the car when he was in the game, so I might have been listening to the local broadcast at that time, but whatever I was listening to highlighted his performance in 13, and he was ballsy in that playoff run. And he's never had electric stuff, but... And I know you guys remember that. He just he went out and he was just nuts. He, he tough outs, big moments, never afraid of the moment. And then he comes out tonight, and it's like it's an indictment on the entire bullpen that Workman, who is traditionally a guy who shows some some balls, didn't have any tonight. Yeah, and I mean, Workman can a lot of times be that guy that isn't phased, but I just. Part of my problem with Cora is he doesn't – sometimes he just doesn't stick with guys. You know, the leash is too short when it comes to defined roles, and I think that hurts. Well, he wasn't too short with Workman because Workman came out again in the – I might get the inning wrong, but he came out again in the – yeah, no, I, I have the inning right. He came out in the seventh, Yeah, and, then and put, the first two guys reached. Put two so he on. actually gave Workman the leash, and he choked himself with it. Yeah, well, I meant as far as defined roles go, you know, in, in preparation for the playoffs, but – um, but yeah, and I didn't have any problem with him coming back out. I mean, cause like I said, we already burned Brazier and part of the reason I, I, I'm not a big fan of coddling players and, 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 you know, treating them, you, you know, with special, um, circumstances or whatever, like, that's not a big thing for me, but tonight it just had more to do with balance. You know, I wanted to keep 
you know, some some guys I could trust late in the game, you know, while we still had, I mean, it was what, 5 nothing still at that point. I, I would have been fine rolling the dice with a, with a workman type guy or, or Barnes or whatever, but... Um, hey Terry, what what about the indictment? Kelly's on the postseason roster, I, and I, that that should so not have happened. If, you, if you're talking about if you're talking about well, yeah, okay, totally agree with that. But you're talking about inherited runners and swings and misses. Isn't that the time for Kelly in the sixth? Yes. So, I so. <laughs> it's like he clearly doesn't trust Kelly because that's the spot for him. Sixth inning, five run game. You want to punch out? Here's your guy. He throws 100 miles an hour, and they bring in Brazier, who was closing games in AAA two months ago. I'm not a I'm not a Kelly guy, and maybe I I might differ from you guys on that. It's it just he can't throw his off speed stuff for strikes, and then his fastball typically is right down the middle of the plate with no movement. That that's the way it's been in the second half, and. I kept waiting for him to turn it around because he's done it. I mean, we've seen him make adjustments mid-season before and then pitch fairly well down the stretch, but he just never got there. And the fact that the last, I don't know, it was the last 36, 48 hours, there were three spots, or no, two spots remaining uh, in the bullpen, and it came down to Kelly, Hembry, and... Who is the other one? Uh, Workman, I think, and and, and Wright. No, I think Wright was in there all along, or he was he was planned to be. I, I don't know, you know, because of the knee developments. But um, but yeah, it was Workman, Hembry, and Kelly were gonna fill. One of them was gonna be the odd man out, and I was kind of hoping it would be Kelly, and. Uh, and you know, not that Hembry is is much better, but, um, but yeah, I just I don't trust Kelly in those spots. And if he was the guy in April or May, I mean that we would be, we would be in much better shape right now. And I don't know. So, and tonight, I mean, this is who they were throughout the month of September. You know. The, the guys that were here tonight play have been playing this way for about a month, and it's just hard to hard to fathom to me that they're going to be able to get away with all of this over the course of the next few weeks, you know, en route to a World Series. It, some of these guys need to rein it in, you know, at least a couple of them. Well, um, if Wright's out, Henry's probably going to be the guy back on. Um, because with an injury, you can't adjust the roster in the middle of the series. So, true, true. Um, that you're probably going to see Hembry back. Yeah. Um, or actually, uh, don't. And, forget- and by the way, you're, you're 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 taking a leap because you said the next couple of weeks. I mean, that means we're getting to the end of October <laughs> and, and potentially in the World Series. So, God, I hope you're right. Uh, but you know, I I mean. Tomorrow's another day, and by the way, the lineup is going to be really different with the right-hander. You're probably going to see Nunez at third. You're probably going to see uh, Moreland at first. Um, I know some people, some parties to the to this particular pod, podcast, like Brock Holt, maybe instead of Kinsler. So tomorrow's going to be a, a really a different lineup um, for, for a 108-win team to, to turn over a third of the lineup. You know, expect some different things tomorrow. You don't think Devers gets the gets the start against the righty? 
Who was the first person I mentioned, Terry? Oh no, you said Nunez. Actually, you probably you meant Devers. Oh, then I, I then that that's a uh, misspoke. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's why I wanted to clarify, and I'm kind of curious to see uh, Nunez's. Yeah, uh, see, see, I just did it. <laughs> kind of curious to see Devers as well. Um, yeah, and uh, I just for the record, I don't know if you saw. I did pick the Yankees in four, and I still think that's totally um, <laughs> totally reasonable, really, because. Uh, you know, David Price is going tomorrow. I really feel like I, I don't feel good about that at all. And then I think Severino, game three in Yankee Stadium, that's going to be tough for us to win. And we don't even know if that's Porcello going up against him now. I don't see why it wouldn't be where he only pitched for two outs. But um, I like Evaldi. I like Evaldi. I like him against the Yankees. But yeah. he, I'm going to – <laughs> surprise you here, Terry. Okay. Say that I'm going in open-minded with Price tomorrow. I'm not He's, surprised. <laughs> he, I, like I, I'm not a Price guy, and you know that. Um, I do think he's a good pitcher. I think he's a good talent, and I'm glad he's a Red Sox. And I actually think, you know, especially now, there's a little bit of pressure off of him because Sale performed and we won the game. Right. So he's not he's not being put in this. You know, we he what. Getting sale was the best thing for Price because he was no longer the ace. Like, he was no longer the stopper. And so, as good as he was this year with sale is why I think maybe he has a chance tomorrow. Because we're up one. You said it's been, what, how long since we've won a game one of the ALDS? So, he, he some of the, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pressure. But it's not the do-or-die situation that it's typically been. And I, I, I maybe, you know, maybe I'm being a little... Uh, a little too optimistic, but I, I at least have an open mind on it tomorrow. Yeah, no, I agree. No, go ahead, John. I was just about to say you've been pretty quiet. What What are your thoughts about tomorrow's game? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Jeremy. Um, I, I have an open mind with Price tomorrow. Um, do I expect him to go? Do I expect him to go seven and give up no runs? No. Um, but I mean, if he can go. Five, maybe six innings, give up two, three runs, um, you know, maybe even four. I mean, if the offense, as long as the offense can get some runs off Tanaka. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I'm coming in with an open mind. I think he can at least give us five innings, hopefully. Um, I prefer six, you know, obviously even seven. But, um, but yeah, I'm coming in with an open mind. Um, but, I mean, this is Price we're talking about. Um so I'm not. I'm not sure. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. That's for sure. And I think we're gonna learn a lot by the first inning because if he's efficient, the deeper in the game he goes, <laughs> the less of the bullpen we have to see. And I do think we're gonna to get to Tanaka. So I'd love to just see him come out, and it'll be a real barometer for his whole day if he comes out in the face of everyone's gonna. Anyone in that spot would have some nerves. So if he comes out and gets three outs and 12 pitches, I think that just bodes really well for the whole start. Vice versa, if he comes out, even if he can get out of it, but he's throwing 28 pitches, it's like, you know, here we go again. He's only going to throw five innings. And then if it comes down to a bullpen versus bullpen game, we've already seen. I mean, that this game today, I felt like we were losing it from like the – basically when Sell came out of the game. I mean, we were just on our heels the whole way. I hate to see it tomorrow. We need Price to come out, be efficient early. Especially when he's you know at his strongest points, uh, and, and get later in the game because I just can't sit through another 
bullpen where there's ten pitches in the dirt. I I think with Price, I think a big thing with Price is um that the better he pitches, he's like one of those guys who really seems to gain confidence in a game, and you can like really see it come out in his emotions and stuff. So I think that, that's something you really have to look for with Price is that if you start starts pitching well, I think you're going to see that confidence come out of him in like you know the third, fourth inning. If you know he's pitching well and he hasn't given up any runs, I think you'll really start to see that confidence, and hopefully that can kind of build like some momentum for him and kind of keep going throughout the playoffs. Well, I'll say one thing, or a couple of things, but if we do win tomorrow, the series is over. I, I and I just think this team is just going to go; they're going to be out for blood, you know, in the next game or two after, you know, if it even goes to a fourth game, but. Um, but that being said, you'll know how Price is going to do based on his body language alone. Because that's, that's how I can always tell. When, when he was, this was in Yankee Stadium, which was obviously, you know, he pitches far worse there than anywhere else. But if he's really tentative and taking he he's not a fast mover on the mound anyway but if he's taking even longer time you can just tell that he's not comfortable and then when he's not comfortable he doesn't locate and you know everything goes over the middle of the plate and even though we are home this is the first time since that epic beatdown that he'll face a really healthy really robust Yankees lineup. So, um, I, I and I don't think they're afraid of him. I, I don't think they're afraid of him. I think they're looking forward to facing him tomorrow. And we'll see. And the leash is going to be short on him, I feel like. He's, the, you know, if he gives up four runs early, he's coming out. They're not going to. They're not going to leave him in there like they did that that same start. You know, he gave up eight runs, so um, we'll see. And another thought just came to mind. You know, we were talking about Hembry possibly being the guy who comes back. I'm not convinced that it might not be Velasquez because it just depends on what Cora values. Since we're losing a potential long relief guy, maybe maybe he will want a Velasquez type guy to come in and. And I'm just thinking, too, right now, I mean, who is the guy? I guess it would be Erod would come in after Price tomorrow. I guess that's the logical um, move. Yeah, and I think it's Hembry over Velasquez because Hembry can get a swing and a miss, and Velasquez is not that guy. Velasquez is a ground ball, you know. He's not. And and you don't have any need for a mop-up guy. Like you're not. This isn't like, hey, I need to save the bullpen. Let's bring in the mop up guy. Like everybody that's in on that twenty five man roster has to have a specific role, right? And it, like I said, it just depends on what Cora seems to value. Um, I, I would be fine if it if it's Hembry. And the other thing, though, that's like on the other side of my mind is like he did take Joe Kelly over Hembry, so who knows? Who knows? But um, a move will happen. And, he, and, and he, showed no, he showed no confidence in Kelly today by not throwing him in the sixth over it, Brazier. Exactly. And, uh, but I kept telling myself, I'm like, please, that better not be the plan for the eighth. You know, because I was so sure that he wouldn't, he wouldn't put Brazier in a situation like that. And sure enough, it happened. And I just, 
I feel like he got away with so much tonight. Like, the floor just didn't drop in a couple of situations, you know, with Barnes out there and, um, you know, and, and Kimbrell played well in a situation that typically goes horribly for him. So that was good to see because that, that gives me a lot more confidence from here out. John and I were texting back and forth like, oh, no. Because John actually texted me, what was it, in the middle of the 7th, you're like, do you think he'll go to Kimbrel for two out uh, for two innings? And I'm like, geez, I hope not. <laughs> you know, yeah. He, uh, you know, it ended up being four outs instead of six. But uh, well, with what I saw from Rick Porcello tonight, I have I can't believe I'm about to say this statement, but I have no issue with Porcello in the eighth tomorrow. Yeah, it just depends on what their starting plans are for him. Um, but I, like I said, I was hoping all along he would just close out the game, you know, like Morton. But you know, it, it would be bad optics, and it, it would be telling Kimbrel, you know, I have no confidence in you in the ninth, so I'm going to keep Porcello in there. You know, as much as we wanted to I, see it, I you just. Why would I would have preferred now? And this this just came to me instead of starting Workman in the seventh. If you plan to put Porcello in the game. And he's a multi-inning guy. Why doesn't he start the seventh? And it's like, okay, well, we want him to pitch the eighth. Well, fine, then let him pitch both innings. And you can I, still have Kimbrough, and then we don't have this. You know, Workman was showing signs of being a little too tight and not throwing strikes. So, I don't know. I just If you're going to put Porcello in the game, put him in in the seventh. I, I think what they're trying to do with Porcello is I think they're just trying to give him plenty of time to get ready to come into the game. I think they're trying to like kind of give him like sort of what he'd do probably to get prepared to start a game. I think they're just trying to give him enough time to be prepared for that eighth. That's fair, John. Yeah, he was warming up a long time, and maybe maybe what they tried to do is simulate the first inning in the bullpen so he could come in like he's already thrown fifteen pitches. It's a good point. And even at the start of the seventh, I mean, we hadn't really burned through many guys yet. It was just Brazier and and uh, Workman who who actually started the seventh. So. I, I didn't I don't think Cora thought it was gonna get that bad. I think he thought that the ship would get righted and unfortunately uh it didn't and uh I still I and I'm looking through my Twitter feed right now trying to find a reason why it wasn't Evoldi, you know, like was previously planned upon, but um all I can find is Cora was, uh, I got the quote right here, Cora was asked if Porcello was plan A, B, or C in the bullpen, and Cora's response was, well, it, it might have been plan C and a half. So I'm just kind of curious as to what happened to plans A and B, but, you know, the, it worked out. So, um, and we know, we know Price is starting tomorrow, and if all goes well, he'll go seven innings, and and if we get to Tanaka, who knows? But, um, you know, if you want to have faith in him, I guess. Um, do you guys think there's any chance that we could see Price in, like, kind of the bullpen role that Porcello was tonight? Like, maybe in, like, game five or something, if it goes that way? That could in be. In a do-or-die game, yes, no question. That's that's an all hands on deck. You're, you're pitching to make it to the next day. You're not planning for the next day. So yes, in that situation, I absolutely do. And maybe even a game four, if you think about it, because let's see game two's tomorrow and then an off day on Sunday, then game three is Monday. 
So if he pitches on Saturday, I would think he would be okay for an inning or two on Tuesday if the plan still is for sale in Game 5. So, I mean, that that would just be a small window of opportunity uh, to do something like that. But, would you guys would you guys trust uh, Price more, or would you guys trust like Porcello more in a situation like that? Well, I mean, oh, geez, that's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> saw it, it almost backfire in Toronto because they brought Price in with uh, inherited runners, and whoever was on, I don't know if it was one or two, ended up scoring, and then he gave up. He gave up three runs in all. And somehow got the win that game as well, you know, even though he gave up three. But, you know, it didn't work that time, but it worked brilliantly last year. And he kind of has Houston's number, it seems like, anyway. But um, I would be fine regardless, I guess. Because, I mean, it's if it's not Price, who is it? You know, Barnes, Hembry, and Workman all in two-thirds of an inning because they can't get outs? <laughs> so it, the way I would answer that, John, because I do think it's a pretty good hypothetical if that's what we're going to do here, is if it's a lead and you want to avoid a crooked number, it's Porcello because he's going to throw strikes and he's not going to he's not going to just absolutely f- fall apart all over himself. If it's a tie game, one run game, and it's high leverage situations and you're potentially going to need a strikeout, then I go Price, um, and that's how I would answer that. Oh, okay. I like that answer. I agree with that. I agree with that answer. Yeah, it's situational, and, you know, it, it might depend. I mean, if he pitches 110 tomorrow, I mean, that could play a factor as well. Well, for game four, maybe. The other the- thing, yeah, yeah, with tomorrow too, John, I, um, I, the one thing I would disagree with you um, on that you said, because I, I have agreed with the, really the far majority of your commentary is, I think Price is going to have a long leash tomorrow um, because I think they're going to get to Tanaka, and I think if he's given up runs early, but they're not huge innings, I think they're they're going to have they're going to be put in a position where they're going to have to get him to a hundred pitches regardless because the bullpen's so pathetic, and and Price giving up some hits here and there, but kind of limited it to maybe a single single run an inning here and there. And you're looking at the fifth inning; he's given up three runs. I'd still, I, and I can't believe I'm saying this because he's so pathetic in the playoffs. But I I'd still rather Price in the sixth than whatever happened tonight. Oh, I, I agree. I think I think the most important thing I think in this playoff series or any series is I think with with Dale, like even though even though he looked well tonight and even though he pitched well, um, you know, you still don't 100 percent know about his health and. You know, um, Evaldi, obviously, he pitches well against the Yankees, but I don't know. I, I still I don't fully trust in him. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for saying that, but I, I still don't fully trust Evaldi. So I think no matter what, I think you need David Price and Rick Porcello to give you, like, innings. I think we're going to at least need them to give us six, probably seven innings just because of how bad this bullpen is. And, I mean, the more we use them, the more we're going to tire them out and probably make them be worse, but... I think that's the number one thing you really need out of Rick Porcello and David Price is you need innings out of them. Yeah, um, I don't give a shit about health. I give a shit about stuff because I don't care if your shoulder's bothering you. 
If you're throwing 95 and you can locate, but it's uncomfortable, it's the playoffs. It's, I don't care. I don't care. Like, just get get people out. And, like, Pedro in, what was it, 98 maybe, he had to actually drop the three quarters because he had had that arm injury. No, it was 99 because he hurt his shoulder in the, in the All-Star game. And he actually, there was this, he had to drop his arm slot like 10 degrees and almost go sidearm. He lost velocity, relied more on his changeup. He was hurt, but he was getting people out. Like, I don't care about health. Like, if you can locate and have the stuff to get people out, I could give two shits about your uncomfortable left shoulder. Like, it's the time of the season that no one cares about your health. Like, go get outs. Yeah, well, go, go ahead, John. No, I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna say. I agree. I just think. Um, I think pitchers in this day and age—they're just really soft. They're not really built like Pedro was. Yeah, but Chris Sale's not soft, and I know he's done some kind of quote-unquote hardo stuff, like slicing up the retro jerseys in Chicago and fighting for—I can't remember the the left-handed first baseman that had his son in the dugout. I'll, I'll think of it obviously after the podcast is over. But so he's done some like quote-unquote hardo stuff, but. At the end of the day, and I think today is a good example of it. Like he showed up and did what he had to do. He 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 put it out there, and he performed. and And I actually think Sales old school. I think he's tough. I don't, and I and I don't have any doubt that he's going to pitch hurt. And I think what they did was they knew he was going to have to pitch hurt, so they managed it until September. They built him up to where he had a hundred pitches in him, or just shy of that tonight. Um, so I don't. I actually think I'm encouraged by what I saw. I just don't give a shit if he's healthy. I just want, I just want to see him get out. Yeah, no, sorry. My, my commentary, like, it isn't so much about Sale. Like, I trust Sale. Like, I think Sale will be fine. It's just it's just the rest of the bullpen I don't trust. You know, we already see we already see Stephen Wright possibly not being available. Uh, what's wrong with him? And then if you find out it's, like, nothing wrong with him, it's like, well, then couldn't he have gone tonight? Which, by the way, I confirmed uh, about 10 minutes ago. Um, so, okay, fine. Then why is he on the roster? They, the, the comment from Cora, whatever I just read briefly because I was trying to listen to you guys, is they actually had Wright set up to pitch the eighth, and he was unavailable. What is he doing on the roster? Yeah, yeah, that's a big mistake. Well, and that might have just developed today. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're there, and we'll find that out tomorrow. But, but I mean, if they didn't know that he was available, that is just that is just a crazy decision. Yeah, and don't another thing about Price though. Erod will probably be the guy. I and he he has okay numbers against the Yankees, and especially I know we're home, but in Yankee Stadium, he he pitches well in that environment. So um, I just don't don't forget about him because you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna look for ways to slot him in, and if it's if Price gives up, I like Erod. I like Erod in three innings, um, yeah, not yeah. starting because because here here's a situation with Erod, his best is five innings, hundred pitches, right? No, maybe it, zero run, but but then but then you have to get twelve outs with this piece of shit bullpen, and fine, Kimbrough can get the last three, I, you know, fine, but so fine, still nine. So I would much rather have him back up Evaldi where you only need four from Evaldi, go try to get two or three from Erod, and then try to bridge the gap to Kimbrel. I, I have no desire to see Erod start again. No, no, and I, I never meant that he would. I'm just saying, like, he's going to be the guy to come in after Price. I, 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 if if Cora gets uncomfortable if, if with him. If Cora gets uncomfortable with him. 
But um, who knows? Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, all right. I think we've uh, we've kind of gone through everything anyway. So um, we'll uh, we'll wrap on that. Any final thoughts, though, going into tomorrow? John, you want to hit lead off here? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my my biggest thought again probably would just be Price. I think he's he's the key tomorrow. How he looks, how he pitches. Um, you know, I think I think we have a good chance against Tanaka. Um, you know, we've hit him well in the past. Um, so I think we have a good chance to score some runs off him. And I think I think Price is just he's the biggest wild card in this game and. And I think how he goes is how the Red Sox go, and so hopefully he does well. I agree, but since you already said it, I'll go with the lineup being 33 and a third percent different likely tomorrow. Um, you're going to see Moreland at first, Devers at third, and I think there's even a chance you may see Holt early in the game for offense at second. Um, that's scary defensively. Uh um, but can they do what they did today, which was get to the starter early? Because Tanaka's um, a guy I think they can get to. Um, he ha- Again, he hasn't pitched in a while, and guys with the splitter uh, that have that are a little too strong can leave that splitter up, and, and if you can get to them early before they settle down, I like their chances to win. We have gotten to him before, so hopefully we do. Yes, but we but it, it wouldn't stun me if he pitches seven innings of three hit baseball either. So hopefully, hopefully the bats come out aggressively like they did tonight, and and uh, it ends up being well. He'll throw strikes, and I think they'll try to. I think they will come out, and and I would actually be surprised um, if he goes seven. With three, you know, three, uh, three hits, um, especially because, and I here's what I don't, you know, I think this offense knows they got to score runs with Price pitching. Like I, I think, you know, they're probably not sitting there in the locker room going, okay, it's Price, so we need six tonight. But I think individually, you know, they they understand that they're not going to win a game the way they did today. Yeah, and that that could very well be. <laughs> And but also, I mean, it's also so unpredictable. So who knows? We could be, you know, sitting here scratching our heads tomorrow night as well. <laughs> but luckily, luckily, we're up one to nothing, and uh, we haven't been in this position in a while. So, um, so at least, at least in the next twenty four hours, we can we can breathe easy. It feels um, kind of different, doesn't it, to be up one nothing? It yeah, feels a little better. Yeah, it does. It's been since the Leicester start against the Rays in 2013 that we were we were up, and uh, ironically, and we, I'm probably I'm probably you know for me I'm talking about my optimism with Price tomorrow differently as a result. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we'll see. I I don't have any confidence in him, but. Like I said, it's to the point where I'm not really very rational about him anyway. So well, well you picked the Yan- you picked the Yankees in four, Terry. So. I did, I did. And if we lose tomorrow, <laughs> you need you need Price to to stink tomorrow. I don't want him to. I don't want to be right about that. I you know I'm perfectly content to be up one nothing right now. 
But I did feel like if we lost tonight, we were going to get swept because Price would lose tomorrow with that added pressure of being down, you know, one nothing. And then, like I said, I'll I'll take Severino at home, and I, I and I, I really think there's a strong chance we are going to lose the next two anyway. So I, I think this is going to go four, like I predicted, or maybe five, and. You know, well, I, I said from the start, not to you guys, but, you know, today privately, um, I thought, you know, I really, the quote was, this game could go a sweep to the Yankees, a sweep to the Red Sox, and anywhere in between. And yeah. I don't feel any differently now. It, it, it really was. And, and they were saying that on our local station. Like, there's no, there's no strong, likely outcome there's just several even outcomes that could happen equally you know and and you know so but luckily if anyone's getting swept it's not us so you know we're all i think the key here is that by winning today it it gives price a chance to change his historical performance in the playoffs I think it takes a little bit of pressure off, and, and and that's why, honestly, because if, if we had lost tonight, well, obviously this podcast would have gone differently. But I'll tell you, just knowing myself, I would have been so different about David Price. Yeah. I And like I said, watch his body language. If he goes out there and he's calm, he's collected, you know, then he's good. If he's on the mound doing his little routine where he kind of shivers and straightens his uniform out and then shivers again and takes seven deep breaths, then that's like that that's price that's gonna get his ass handed to him. And another thing that screws with my head about him too is he pitches so well in day games. And we're you know, it's a prime time game. So um so he's got all day to think about how he's going to blow it. Well, maybe. I don't know. I just It's going to be dark out. That's all I'm saying. And it, sometimes it doesn't go well. So anyway, we could stay on all night, but uh, I think we'll wrap with this. So thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll discuss the, the lineup for these post games tomorrow. I, I know Liz wants to come on on Monday, so that's uh, one of the three slots anyway. Um and we'll we'll figure out the rest as we go, I guess. So, thanks for having me, Terry. Yeah, have a good night, and thanks again no for uh, coming on, John. No problem. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, uh, game uh, one in the books. So uh, that's cool, and uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued by tomorrow just because I just want to see if Price can do it. I don't think he's gonna, but it's going to be fun to watch and uh, I'm just glad to be playing October baseball and, and, and winning, you know, at least for one night. So, anyway, have a good one and uh, we'll be back tomorrow night post game to do it all over again. So, have a good night, everyone.
Red Sox ride for eternity. Oh, baby.